0: Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the SaaS Sessions podcast. Uh, Today we have Shailesh Gaurupadi on the show with us. Shailesh has played leadership roles at companies like Brilla Global, Tata Finance, uh, Infosys and more. He's currently the founding managing partner and CIO at Xfinity Venture Partners. Xfinity is a tech fund backing enterprise B2B companies in the India and India-US corridor. So their portfolio includes companies like Moengage, and Locus and more. So, hey, Shailesh, such a pleasure to have you on the show. Hey, thanks, Sunil, for hosting me and hello, everyone. Yeah, actually, like, you know, when I mentioned your portfolio, so Ravi from Oengage Engage was on the show, like, you know, a long, long time ago. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it was really, uh, like, you know, great talking to him, seeing their uh, journey. And, you know, I think they have, they have done like really well in the mobile engagement space and, you know, grown a lot in the Southeast Asia market. That is correct. That mm-hmm. is correct. So
1: yeah, I we, kind are of gave... of, uh, we are very proud of Mo engages and and the way
0: it has shaped up. Mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a great story for Indians. Yeah, size. totally. So I, I kind of gave like a very short and you know very quick intro uh, on you. So can you like tell us more about yourself and and how how did you start Xfinity and how you currently you know working with Xfinity and scaling that up? Yeah, thanks Anil. So essentially, we started Xfinity
1: you know, the the process began in late 2013. And I was having a chat with my ex-colleagues, you know, I was working in the corporate strategy and planning side. So worked with a lot with the leadership team at Infosys. And Mohandas Pai and Bala were, you know, obviously someone that I worked very closely with. And we were chatting in around 2013. And we said that, look, the whole IT sector, you know, that we have seen from 90s to 2000s, was undergoing a a cataclysmic change in terms of, you know, with the advent of cloud, you know, I would say that entrepreneurship was getting sort of democratized. And we said that, look, there's a huge space for someone uh, to play a role in the, in the enterprise tech side. And uh, that is what we thought we understood best. We didn't understand consumer tech. And, uh, and we said that we'll build an operating team, which will have people with strong operating backgrounds. So it's not about just giving capital, but provide a lot of other inputs in terms of whether it is go to market side or hiring mm-hmm. or, you know, scaling up companies or governance, etc. And that's how we built a team around and we got Girish Paranjpe, who uh, was ex-co-CEO of Ipro and Deepak Gaisas, uh, who mm-hmm. co-founded iFlex, you know, arguably the most, the first product company out of India in core banking. Mm-hmm. And Rajiv Kuchal, you know, who was a CEO of Onmobile and prior to that with you know i was really instrumental in scaling up progenor which is now infosys bpo
0: mm-hmm.
1: we said that this is and 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 my other partner chinnu senthil kumar came on board who was ex intel we said that this is how we'll build a team and you know work on the enterprise tech side we thought that was a sector that needed some focus and i think we were probably if i'm not mistaken the first fund that focused exclusively on enterprise tech
0: mm-hmm. now we have
1: quite a few and i think it just validates our Our hypothesis is good to have other folks you know joining and contributing to the cause yeah so we are now in our third fund we did our first two funds Uh, first fund was in 2014 Mm -hmm. which we are now in the process of exiting that was a small Mm -hmm. fund of 125 crores the second was 300 crores that we raised in 2016 and now we are on a third fund of 500 crores which we are raising Mm -hmm. the focus uh, we remain steadfast to the cause of enterprise tech Right, And uh, as you rightly said, the Indo-U.S. corridor is something that we work on. Makes sense. We are sector agnostic. We are not really fixated on any particular technology. We mm-hmm. are primarily focused on three things. Mm-hmm. What is the use case and how big it is?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, what kind of technology uh, is backing the startup and how strong is the moat? Mm-hmm. And of course, the founding team, which, totally. uh, you know, which everyone looks at. So, Makes yeah. sense.
0: And, and what's your You know, even in the enterprise B2B segment, right, like SaaS is really scaling up very quickly in in India, uh, in the Indian market, right. And I think COVID, whatever happened in the past or this year, like 2020 has given a lot of companies like a level playing field where, you know, a lot of companies have, you know, they can start new or, you know, they can, they have, they have the confidence now, they some. You know, the ecosystem has evolved so much that just VCs like you and other investors and, you know, other founders who have, you know, successfully raised money, see it around A, and now they're at, like, you know, they're profitable. So these, these are all offering help to, to the people who are just starting up. So how has COVID changed all these different aspects in, in terms of just starting up a, a new company and, you know, getting funds and then going from there. Yeah. So my view has been, you know, Sunil, that,
1: you know, the first two months of COVID really, March and April were probably the most impacted months because people were still grappling with what is happening. And, you know, the cases kept going up and, you know, Sequoia rightly called it the Black Swan event at that point of time. But after that, I, and I, you know, even earlier I had written a paper on that and I thought that this presents a great opportunity and it, it's not... You know, COVID is not a great opportunity, let me be clear, but it's something that is terrible that has happened. To but you know, every crisis presents an opportunity kind of a thing, and I'm a believer of that. And I think post-COVID, what has happened is what we are seeing is at a macro level, enterprises have realized that there needs to be a strong push towards digitization. There needs to be a strong push towards automation. And how do you really make your processes more automated, more efficient, how can you make customer experiences more immersive because, you know, nobody's venturing out and nobody's, you know, going out to to stores or malls or whatever. And hence, uh, you know, you have to evolve into models or the technology has to be deployed for mm-hmm. sure that. You continue to serve your customers and yeah. grab new customers and, and retain them. So I think one is uh, of course, you know, what we are seeing across the board in our portfolio also that, automation digitization has led to a lot of impetus particularly in the b2b enterprise space Mm -hmm. the other thing that has also helped is that particularly for SaaS, is that you know everyone wants to conserve cash and Mm -hmm. you know therefore a paper user model is always a better model because you know just sort of links everything to opex and and Mm -hmm. rather than you know investing so i think that becomes very good and as since companies and since, you know, sales guys are not meeting companies and all of that. So a remote selling model also works very effectively mm-hmm. post-COVID. So, yeah. so that has also led to a lot of, you know, traction around it. And given the fact that, you know, six trillion plus money has been printed and there's a lot of QE that has happened post-COVID. So obviously there's a lot of liquidity that has flowed into the system.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that has resulted in the valuations going back to the levels of pre-COVID. So, the funding is back, the valuations are back, the deals are being signed, you know, the customer traction is high, we -hmm. see good customer metrics across the board. Mm -hmm. There are some areas where pricing is under pressure for sure, but otherwise, you know, I think this fairly, you know, I think the tech sector has bounced back very strongly.
0: Totally. And, and what is your take on, let's say companies who would choose India as their primary market, like SaaS companies, like targeting just, just India as a market versus like, you know, SaaS companies targeting a global market, like they want to start globally itself. Like they don't want to just, just stick in India. They, they want to start with Southeast Asia or they want to start with Middle East or, you know, US for that matter. So what's your take on that? You know, Sunil, so my view is that Indian market
1: is still work in progress. Mm-hmm. And if you look at even Indian SaaS companies, I would, I would say that about 75 to 80% of the revenue accrue from global uh, markets, yeah. and not in mm-hmm. Indian markets. And this has got something, to, I think this has to change. Mm-hmm. But what has happened is that it is also the way our culture works. And then we need high touch, mm-hmm. you know, sales. We need, we can't really uh, download a software from cloud and get going. We need support, you know, we evaluate companies based on their balance sheets, et cetera, enterprises, I'm saying primarily. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so that is the reason why the markets in India, particularly on a paper use they don't, you know, uh, how can I pay every month? And so the mindsets have to change. And for that, I think theres there's got to be a lot of uh, evangelism that needs to be done. I think mm-hmm. on the company, the Indian market is good. Uh, it could it could be a large market per se but people have to realize and the ctos in in India have to realize that you know that moving applications to cloud Mm -hmm. gives you a lot of flexibility it it converts a lot of your you know development time or maintenance time etc you get the best of breed solutions on cloud these solutions have been perfected across markets with a lot of data but you have to get reconcile yourself to the fact that this is going to be a low touch engagement model you're not mm-hmm. going to have someone at your back and call come there you know service support etc so so that market i would think has to evolve mm-hmm. is it may evolve over a period of time but mm-hmm. a lot of you know it's a work in progress let us yeah. put it in a
0: way. yeah yeah and like you know so after hearing you speak on on like you know in the indian market i could see i after speaking to like many vcs and investors on the previous state of saas in india episodes on the show i feel like you know there are a certain set of challenges that that are there in the in the ecosystem right like there could be market challenges where you know the market is not ready or there might be some tech challenges maybe there, there might be some talent challenges that you know companies are finding it very difficult to find talent across different functions. And and there might be some, some different challenges as well, right? So the multiple challenges. So what are some of the challenges that, you know, you have seen with, with, let's say your portfolio and, and like, how has Xfinity helped the, your portfolio, you know, overcoming these different challenges with respect to tech or building talent or, you know, figuring out what market to uh, go behind or, or, you know, just, just being the back, like, you know, supporting the founders in, in, like decisions and stuff. So, you know, Sunil, there are,
1: it is not a one size fit all answer. I mean, you know, companies and in in different spaces and for each one, the solution is different. I think uh, when you look at SaaS, I would, I'm not a great believer that the Indian market will deliver you the goods in terms of either size or revenue productivity or profitability. So, So that is one part of the story. But as I said, it is work in progress and we have to make work towards, you know, making Indian CTOs realize and the, the benefits of SaaS and, and how we can do that. Mm-hmm. However, I, I'm looking at Indian enterprises, you know, they have been far more forthcoming in embracing other aspects of digitization.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And they are, you know, they have their, uh, so for example, we have a company called Locus yeah, and Locus essentially uh, has built a Quite a few products are on the logistics area, you know, primarily around routing, but really addressing various aspects of Indian markets, which, you know, and deliver better outcomes in terms of logistics costs, better fulfillment, better adherence to SLAs, you know, better fleet management, etc. So, and, and there have been Indian corporations like, you know, Marico or Unilever or mm-hmm. ITC or they're, they're really working with with them. They're traditional corporates, right? So I'm not talking of Big Basket, licious and others who also work with them, but, but those are the new age companies. They embrace technology more faster. Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing a lot of Indian traditional corporates and including some 3PL players who have, you know, really embraced uh, uh, digitization. So I, I would say that, you know there are proactive Indian enterprises mm-hmm. who look at technology differently, and they want to. They obviously see the benefits of, you know, deploying cutting-edge technology to to better their processes and better their competitiveness. And we've seen that. We've seen that with Match Street. Then also, mm-hmm. you know, now quite a few Indian corporations are looking at uh, implementing it, particularly on the personalization side. Yeah. And 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 most of the Indian enterprises, as you know. They have not been, they have been saddled with legacy systems Mm -hmm. and they are, they are sitting on a wealth of data, but, but the fact is that they don't really have any mechanism to, to, for example, crunch that data into better outcomes and better insights Mm -hmm. into Mm -hmm. what they can deliver. So I think there are a few companies that are working on creating, giving them that AI, you know, platform on top of it, or really how do I make sense of the data that you have? And, and deliver better outcomes on personalization, on bundling offers, etc. So we, I'm seeing that, there are, so as I said, all is not lost. There is a huge market in India for certain products. Whether for SaaS, I'm not particularly sure. And I think that I said, it has to evolve. It will evolve over a period of time. Indian BFSI is very, you know, among the sectors is among the most tech savvy and, you know, open to new ideas. So yeah. some sectors are ahead of the rest. Some sectors are catching up like manufacturing and all. I think there is enormous, because if India has to become the manufacturing hub, Mm -hmm. you know, it has to look very, very differently at technology and become competitive. And and that is one area that I believe, you know, areas like manufacturing, areas like agriculture, which constitute, you know, say 25% of our GDP. Mm -hmm. Those are the areas that we need to really look at tech and transform ourselves and become more competitive and where the progress has been slow but it's happening yeah it could be faster for sure
0: totally no uh, really makes sense and you know I've uh, talking about Match10, so I've met Ashwini and you know I've been in their office once for some work and really really great that you know what kind of the product that they're building so according to you what can be done by these Indian SaaS companies make the ecosystem better right because if it's like, you know, these companies who are in India, only they can make the ecosystem better. So, you know, it's a, what I think is
1: we have, let's say, for example, and to make it very simplistic, we have two kinds of companies in India, right? We have the startups and the new age companies, including the telecom giants, etc. And who are mm-hmm. very, very amenable to using tech SaaS, right? Uh, as i said bfsi is very amenable and then there are the other traditional companies you could call it call them the cpg companies manufacturing mm-hmm. you know, uh, areas so those are the companies which are a little more you know you could say reticent to use these products having said that i think what i'm what i think we need to do is really to build the indian market you know there is as i said needs to you need to develop the market create a market mm-hmm. you know, which can come through evangelization conferences etc create role models
0: mm-hmm. you know if
1: there are ctos who have deployed SaaS and mm-hmm. on, on top of their legacy system doesn't matter mm-hmm. uh, because SaaS gives you some, some different outcomes completely, you know, mm-hmm. and and make role models of them, ask them to share their views on what benefits they have derived in terms of business benefits or mm-hmm. or, or things like that and how flexible it is, how easy it is to deploy these solutions, mm-hmm. you know, but the kind of support that they have had even really. And, and those are the kind of experiences that we need to really, you know, carry through and, and make sure that we have role models. We have uh, people who talk about it so that there are others then who, who, you know, who can actually break that ceiling and say that, Hey, look, you know, even I want to try it. Mm-hmm. And we have some great companies in India, right? SaaS companies coming out of India. We have some great enterprises in India. I yeah. think when we are looking at really competing with China and, and technology could be the biggest level, you know, in terms of really enhancing that competitiveness. And uh, mm-hmm. nothing would, would be more fruitful or more gratifying to every Indian that, you know, we, we really use Indian SaaS companies to power some of our processes of Indian enterprises mm-hmm. and make them really more leaner, efficient, faster, yeah. uh, delivering better outcomes. Yeah. But it, it is a process and we'll have to create that, you know, synergy together mm-hmm. and, and build more, as I said, more role models
0: and build more, you know, evangelization around it. It will happen. Got it. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure it will happen. Like, you know, it's just about how can we accelerate the, yeah. the process, right? Of let's say it will happen in 10 years and what can we do now? Like, you know, and what can you do as leader? You know, see, nothing succeeds like success, right? So, and if you have someone from
1: your own fraternity, like, yeah. like you know, we always say that, look, you can tell everything to your customer, but if you have a customer referral, uh, that that works best with other customer. Yes. Similarly, you know, with uh, with this, right? So if you have Indian corporations, there are quite a few Indian corporations who are at the forefront of, of deploying SaaS, make them mm-hmm. role models and allow, you know, create forums, create uh, things where they can talk to other CTOs. Mm-hmm. And that is the only way where others will then get, you know, more confidence mm-hmm. to bite the bullet. And that is how it works, right? So right. Mm-hmm. You, you talk of network effects in a different way, but you create that network effect among CTOs, hard to do, but it can be done,
0: you know, because, yeah, yeah. because then they speak the same language totally. and they understand yeah. uh, each other very well. Yeah, it, it definitely can be done for sure. Like I believe in that. <laughs> so you talked about role models, right? So according to you, like who are a few CEOs who you see as role models, like, like, you know, which, which other companies are looking up to in, in the Indian ecosystem, you know, I don't want to name
1: anyone, but as I said, you know, if you look at BFSI sector. You know, you look at the media and publishing, you look at, you know, telecom sector, Mm -hmm. and of course you look at all the startups who have gone on to become big, Mm -hmm. right? These are all cases. There are interesting case studies where they have deployed wide ranging SaaS products to deliver better outcomes. Mm -hmm. Now, if you look at BFSI, and this is really, you know, a sector which is regulated, which never uh, wanted to go to cloud. And, uh, you know, but 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 the sector that is regulated where reputation risks are high, you know, and that sector is embracing uh, technology because they know that this is enabling them to reach out to customers in a much better way, for example, or to get mm-hmm. new customers, to engage with them, to cross sell and upsell products, mm-hmm. you know, to get a higher share of the wallet. And they have deployed all, all wide range of, of products, and all of them, mm-hmm. you know, particularly all the private banks, NBFCs, you know, who are the larger NBFCs and all, and they've all benefited out of it. So you don't have to go far, you know, there are significant amount of, as I said, role models in very regulated and very, you know, in sectors that are highly competitive who have benefited out of it. And it just said, we have to get them out of the closet, Come, let them come out in the open, talk about their experiences on, on what, what was their, you know, experience in dealing with Indian SaaS companies and what benefits they have derived. I'm sure there'll be many other adopters who look up to them because they are really the industry captains as of now. And if they talk about it, I'm sure many others will follow.
0: No, yeah, like, you know, really, really great. Like, you know, getting getting your insights and getting your views on, on the Indian like ecosystem. So what, what do you think, you know, is, is like, you know, obviously no one can predict what's gonna happen in 2021, but let's say with respect to what we've seen in 2020, you said earlier that, you know, we have already seen like, you know, the funds and, the funding going back to the pre-covid days so what do you expect in 2021
1: so you know i have a different take on this I, I don't think the you know the the two things the code will not go anywhere right the vaccine will come and we don't know when it will come uh-huh. but even the vaccine will have limited usage in the sense that it is normally what we hear it is a, typically for any flu vaccine is valid only for a year so every year you have to get vaccinated yeah so, so, so this is something that we will have to learn to live with, and we will have to manage uh, the COVID better with vaccine, and of course with other drugs that might come to to manage uh, if you contact COVID. But I think I, I am not going by the stock markets because stock markets react. Like for example, Zoom went down, but the shares of travel companies went up. Exactly. But those are, you know, those are the, the ways of the stock market. I am looking at a more secular trend. And the secular trend for me is very clear that with COVID, without COVID or whatever it is, that enterprises will continue to aggressively digitize and automate. So that is not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. You know, there is more than enough liquidity in the system which is going to power that innovation. So totally. you will not be short of capital. That is what I can tell you. The only thing is that you will you have to... Uh, not run short of ideas. So I think the the capital is, will not be a constraint to grow in terms of building a business, or you know, if you have the right idea, you you have identified a right niche, you have the right tech, you have a right product. Capital is not going to be a constraint, whether in 2021 20, or 22. So that that's that's very clear. The question is really, you know, and particularly given the fact that we are looking at SaaS as as a product, as topic to discuss, you know, there is a lot of crowding that has happened. So, you know, and whenever crowding happens in a space, what happens typically is that we have seen in other industries is that two things happen. One is consolidation happens. So obviously the, the stronger players, the better players, you know, will get more and more, you know, they will either acquire companies and, and you know, and, and therefore there'll be fewer players. And the second thing that could happen is that there could also be fatalities because you can't stand up to uh, stronger players and and you somehow meander and and lose your way. Mm -hmm. And the the second thing that uh, normally happens when commoditization takes place is there is a pressure on pricing. Mm -hmm. Now, traditionally, SaaS companies are used to a very high gross margin. And that's the way the model works. And which is the reason why I said that, look, if more and more enterprises are going towards SaaS, see, SMBs were anyway... Uh, adopting SaaS in a big way, but enterprises are, the the trend I see is more and more enterprises are going towards SaaS. Mm -hmm. And therefore companies will have to look at really, you know, how do I cater to enterprises? How do I shorten sales cycles? How do I still maintain my gross margin? Because enterprises have, you know, they they can give you volume so they can push you on pricing. So how do I make my products far more, deliver it better? How do I ensure that, because the sales cycle in enterprises are long. And you can't afford it uh, once you've done the hard work and got the customer, you can't afford to churn. So you have to elevate your processes of implementation, of integrations, of customer success, of account management, of pricing to another level. And that is the that is the thing that you'll have to adopt if you have to succeed. Because it's not going to be the same playing field. And as more and more enterprises get to SaaS, so obviously, you know, your product has to get better and better. But your ability to engage with the customer, get a higher share of the wallet, making sure that you protect your gross margins, mm-hmm. is something that will come under pressure. Is what is what I see.
0: Totally, like this is like this is really insightful, and I'm sure like you know it's gonna give a good perspective to to the audience, right? So like quickly moving on, you know, to the lightning round. Like I have like three three lightning questions for you. Uh, Shayle, <laughs> just I for hope the they, if you don't catch me on <laughs> the wrong
1: foot. Yeah, but yeah.
0: Yeah. ahead i mean the, these are like fairly so yeah first one like what do you know about your work now that you wish you would have known when you first started
1: you know i i i always find dealing with startups a great fun mm-hmm. there is a lot that i learn on an everyday basis so what do you know now i think what do i know every minute is different pr- practically every day because working with with youngsters who are driven who have a different take on the world design products you know considering various aspects every day is a huge learning uh, for me so so I wouldn't say what do you know now I think every day for me is is something that I look forward to learn from all our companies as well as from the general ecosystem at large from my peers and others you know Uh,
0: so yes totally and like second one what did your biggest professional failure teach you you know I always look
1: at that there are you have to hang in there You know, I think what what it has taught me is that particularly in business, it passes through cycles. There are good times and there are bad times. If, If you are caught in the wrong end of the cycle, it happens. Like many of us thought that, you know, this pandemic will probably cause a lot of damage and something that like these things have happened to me as well. And it's always good to remain on course, you know, stay with your convictions. See whether your assumptions hold good, whether your hypothesis holds good, whether anything has changed in the market. But stay with your convictions and, you know, things change. So nothing remains permanent. And that is the biggest takeaway that I have.
0: Nice, nice. And then the last one, right? Like, what's the number one thing that has helped you shorten your learning curve? You know, just
1: the having an open mind, Mm -hmm. you know. So, you know, just be open to ideas. Make sure that, you know, you're not really fixated on any thought because you know people like me which are who are quite old right given the youngsters that are like you who are in the startup scene and the last thing that you want is a closed mind that look this has happened in my lifetime i have seen this or not you know those are experiences those are good to have you know and they might teach you something but really don't get bogged down by that don't get you know saying that look this is what i have seen and all that and be open to ideas the world has changed whether you like it or not and just keep your mind open so, so that is something that I,
0: I, you know, I try to religiously do. Nice, nice. That, yeah. That's really great. So, yeah, thanks thanks a lot to Shailesh, you know, for taking time, coming on the show and sharing all these amazing insights and, you know, your experience with us. Uh, really great and, you know, really glad we could do this.
1: Entirely my pleasure, Sunil, and uh, best wishes to you and and Fix as well. So yeah. do well and, and continue to engage with other people so we can all learn from each other.